Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Saturday edition of the Unruly Gents Fantasy po- Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm here with uh, Brian Armin Behegan. Uh, I am your host today, Adam Gray. We are going to go through a mock draft. How's it going this morning, Armin? Dude, I'm happy. Football is away. We got football on Thursday. Let's go. I'm so happy. I'm so stoked, too. So, uh, Arvin and I are going to go through a mock draft, just the two of us. We're going to do it a little bit different from uh, the one that we did about a, a little over a week and a half ago now um, with the other guys. So what we're going to be doing today is a half-point PPR draft. We did a, uh, a PPR draft because that's what our, our main uh, league is uh, about a month, about a week and a half ago. So Armin and I are going to do it a little bit differently. But in order to balance it out a little bit, uh, we are going to go with three wide receivers. So half-point PPR puts a little bit more emphasis on the running back. So to make it a little bit more even, we're going to add a wide receiver spot. So even though um, even though running backs are a little bit more heavily favored, there are more wide receivers starting positions to kind of even it out just for the sake of the draft. So it looks like, uh, starting off here, Christian McCaffrey went number one overall. Uh, Armin is second on the list. I am picking uh, sixth. So we decided that we are going to go just to see what happens. We're each going to take a different strategy for the first three rounds. Armin is going to take a running back heavy strategy for the first three rounds. So he's going to pick, he's going to go three running backs to start off and then pick as he would from there. I'm going to start heavy wide out uh, for the first three rounds, excuse me, a pass catcher. So wide outs or tight ends and see how the draft falls to me. So, Armin, you are on the clock. Yeah. And Matt went first number, overall. Number two pick. I mean, it's pretty easy. Um, I think I had mentioned uh, a little while ago that at number two, I was maybe contemplating Kamara, but with everything going on with him right now, uh, not even contract related, he's uh, getting an epidural, um, which is yeah. pretty scary stuff. I mean, that's, that's back related, and you don't want to be playing around with that. So, uh, yeah, number two, uh, pretty easy going uh, Saquon Barkley here. All right, so Saquon goes number two. Ezekiel Elliott gets taken off the board at number three. Kamara, number four. Derrick Henry, number five. I would normally say a little bit of a stretch on that one, but we are doing half-point PPR, so the running back is a little bit higher ranked than our normal PPR format. Um, and then, like I said, my I will be going heavier – uh, wide receiver, so I'm going to take the number one wide receiver off the board, off my board at least, Michael Thomas at the sixth overall spot. Yeah, that's I, I love that there, honestly. Like even if we're not doing this like strategy wise, like uh, Michael Thomas at that spot is just so safe, and you can really see what you get here at the flip. So then uh, let's see. So going right through. I took uh, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams goes at the seventh spot, Nick Chubb. Oh, I'm sorry. It's jumping ahead of me. Um, Devontae Adams, Dalvin Cook following him, Austin Eckler pick round one, pick nine, Joe Mixon 10, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire 11, Patrick Mahomes. Wow. First quarterback off the board in the end of the first round. Pick 12, Tyreek Hill, Kenyon Drake, Julio, Nick Chubb, Lamar Jackson. Okay, so two QBs off the board already, and then Josh Jacobs. 
I am much more of a late quarterback guy myself, but apparently the computer disagrees. All right. Wide receivers. Let's see who I got. I got DeAndre Hopkins, or I am actually going to go, as much as I love D-Hop this year, I just don't feel like this. Uh, I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey, pick two. Ooh. I just don't feel like another tight end. Is, I don't feel like he's going to fall to me in a, another couple rounds So, or by the time I pick next, so I'm going with him. I I love it. I've been I've – been- preaching um especially in 10 and 12 team leagues this year in that second third round take either uh pat mahomes or lamar a top level quarterback or kittle or kelsey i think those tiers in in those two positions are just so much better than the rest of the group you just set yourself apart for the rest of the season by just winning out on that position i think you guys talked about it a little bit on the uh the last mock draft too yeah, I feel like the uh, the difference in tier in those two positions, especially quarterback and tight end, is to me is so huge. Yeah. I feel like it, once you get outside of those top four, especially at tight end, you know, uh, Kelsey, Kittle, Ertz, and uh, Andrews, and Andrews, it just falls to me. It just falls off a cliff. Yeah. All right. So after Kelsey, Sanders goes at pick two oh eight. D Hop at two oh nine. Chris Godwin at 210, and you are back on the clock. Good thing, Armin, you don't have to grapple with whether or not you take Chris Godwin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, so I, I will say I, I'm going to stick to the strategy because I do want to see how it plays out where I'll, I'll take a running back, and I'm probably deciding between uh, Aaron Jones, uh, your dude, or uh, James Conner. And in, in Fantasy Pros has James Conner about 10 picks lower than Aaron Jones. And I, I've got my pick here. Team one will have two picks, and then I got my pick right after that. So I probably will take Aaron Jones and then just hope that James, Con- James Conner falls in the early third round to me here. Um, but I will say, too, if in a normal draft, I might be taking Kittle right there, honestly. Um, like, like we just said, I, I love the, the tight end pick uh, right there. So Looks like you made a good bet on that. Kittle goes one pick after, then Kenny G, and you are back up, so you are free to take your guy and I don't blame you for for wait for playing it that way I don't feel like there was any way that in three picks you were losing or two picks really you were losing James Conner there yeah I I can't imagine you know it'll be interesting in um you know uh, drafts coming up this weekend I know a lot of people are uh us included how how high James Conner really gets in the draft I mean I've been seeing him go in the late second round with a lot of buzz that he's getting the, the big workload for the for the season and I mean, he was a league winner in 2018 when Big Ben was healthy, so. Didn't, uh, I feel like, didn't Mike Tomlin just come out and say something about Benny Snell getting more looks, though? I mean, not that, I mean, I could have sworn I heard something along those lines. Maybe not, but regardless, I wouldn't be afraid. I'm not afraid of Benny Snell anyways. I, I yeah, don't no, think he's I wouldn't be. a great running back. I, yeah, so. Uh, so James Conner goes off the board at 302 to you, then Chris Carson, Allen Robinson, Mike Evans, and I am back up again, and I am taking DJ Moore. Uh, with it. DJ Moore, Adam Thielen at the top there, I believe more in DJ Moore this year, uh, if for no other reason than just, you know, staying healthy and all that stuff. So, all right, let's see. And then we got a run between picks here. So DJ Moore, I took at the 306. 
Odell goes 307, followed by uh, Adam Thielen, Amari Cooper, Todd Gurley. Ooh, round three. Terry McLaurin, Juju. Leonard Fournette still going in the fourth round, huh? No, thank I would you. not be taking him that high, but that is just me. Nope. Uh, Robert Woods, who I love this year, followed by Mark Andrews, Cooper Cup, a couple of Rams in the beginning of the fourth round, Melvin Gordon, and then Jonathan Taylor goes uh, pick 406. All right, and now we are both out of that beginning strategy per se. So I'm going to be looking around a little bit, and I do not like my options of uh, running backs, but I am going to take a couple here, I think, because... You know what's hilarious? If I was you, I would just honestly keep going heavy on the wideouts. Like, Calvin Ridley here staring at you just, like, would kill me not to take in the fourth round right now. I know. I'm going to be honest. I'm having a hard time not going with Calvin Ridley or A.J. Brown is still on the board, too. Uh, and I feel like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make the bet here. And I'm going to hope that a few of these guys, I'm a little bit more worried with us doing half point PPR that these guys aren't going to make it through another round, even though they have been falling in my PPR ones. But I'm going to hope for the best here. I'm going to go for the boom or bust potential of A.J. Brown uh, because I always tend to go with the safer pick, so I'm going to go a little bit different. So I'm going A.J. Brown here. Uh, so you've already you've already filled out your three wide receiver spots uh, yep. through four rounds. Yep. I don't, so I don't AJ, hate it. I, I, I don't hate it. I won't lie. I would have taken Ridley, <laughs> but I don't hate the roster. Oh, yeah. I, I – I'm going to hate it, I think, <laughs> looking ahead. But so Calvin Ridley goes right after David Johnson, Tyler Lockett, and uh, Armin, you are on the clock. So that, that's, a, that's a real kick in the nuts right, right there. I definitely would have hoped uh, that Ridley or Lockett would have fallen to me to be my WR1 on this team. And I would have been completely comfortable with that, too, with these three running backs and then Calvin Ridley or Tyler Lockett as my one. Um, you still do have some good options, though. D- DJ Chark. Uh, I don't know if I'd like DK as a DK Metcalf as my wide receiver one, but you still no. have him. Yeah. Um, Keenan could have a pretty good a year. I mean, based on you got two picks, so you you should get two decent options, I would think. Yeah, and that's what I'm kind of thinking as well, too. Like, Keenan, I'm, I'm warming up a little bit on from, you know, I feel like we've all been down on him quite a bit um this offseason but with Mike Williams going down and I keep kind of talking myself into taking targets away from Hunter Henry and give Keenan because he's just more talented and I think Tyrod is smart enough to give the better player the ball more so um but honestly um with the double one here I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little shot and go DJ Shark um it's a little scary there's definitely gonna be some bad weeks in there but there's gonna be some boom weeks too I think, I mean, I personally think of the, the ones, the options that were there, he has your biggest potential for having a huge year of those guys. We, we kind of know what a lot of the other guys in that level or at that spot were or are, whereas, you know, I don't know. That's just my opinion. Yeah, no, and I'm not a big – so Sutton was sitting there too. He's right above Keenan, and I, I'm just I'm – not, I'm not there. I just don't – I think it's a run-heavy offense – and he's just not going to get enough targets. And, and I love Jerry Judy, too. I think he, he could see 100 targets this year, which really would eat into Sutton. But 
Yeah, and I'm a little worried about Sutton, to be honest, personally. I mean, he just he and Drew Locke just did not – I don't know if it was a matter of, uh, you know, Flacco. And who's who's the quarterback between Flacco and Locke? There was another one in there, wasn't there? Brandon Allen. <laughs> yeah, Brandon Allen. It might have been just a matter of, like, nobody else could catch the ball, so it was all forced to Cortland Sutton. But as soon as Drew Locke took over, I mean, Cortland Sutton – He spread the ball around. Yeah, I mean, he – yeah, and – and, and they were only throwing the ball other than I think the Kansas city game where that was the only loss that they had. And they went down quick. Uh, they yeah. were only throwing the ball like 24, 25, 26 times. Like it's not, you know, it's just, and that's what I'm afraid with Sutton is he's got to do it on the back of like six, seven targets a game, which is not a right. territory. Right. Uh, oh, uh, oh, I'm on the clock. Oh. Yep. 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 Oh. Uh, let's see. So definitely going to stick with the wide receiver here. Um, Zach Ertz is still sitting here. Is same as Darren Waller. I thought about it, but I just, I don't, I don't love, I don't put Ertz in that top tier anymore. Honestly, I think he's going to take a little bit of a hit um, this year. Um, I, I'm going to go Keenan Allen. I think for my WR2, I'll, I'll just go for the higher floor with uh, pairing that with DJ Shark at, at uh, you know, the, big boom bust potential there so yep i i think that's exactly what i would have gone with too so you took uh you took dj mark ingram went dk metcalf went following him then you took keenan allen followed by russell wilson mr unlimited uh i can't say it in the in the voice i can't do it uh <laughs> Corlin sutton zach Ertz, and now i'm on the clock so we i kind of figured Ertz would probably go somewhere around there um so now let me ask you, Armin, before I make this pick, just because we're talking about Ertz and stuff, now that those top four guys are off the board, what's your strategy at tight ends moving forward? Are you thinking mid-round tight end, or are you just going to wait and look for somebody boom or bust at the end of, or closer to the end of the draft? Um, I have one guy in the middle of the draft that I will try to target around the eighth, ninth round. I'm, I like it more in the ninth round, obviously, but he's been starting to sneak up into the eighth round. If I don't hit him, I, I'm, it, it's pretty much I'm taking two guys at the tail end of the draft, the 14th and 15th round, 13th, 14th round, um, because I think I, I, in my projections, I've got a couple of guys that um, – should see a good amount of targets and at that position, especially late, that's all you got to look for is opportunity. So. Gotcha. All right. So uh, as much as I absolutely hate it of the guys that are remaining, this is the only guy that I think has the potential for like guaranteed week to week work, even though I hate his coach with a burning passion, I will. <laughs> uh, God, Le'Veon Bell drafted. Hey, that's my RB one. Bell just came out and said that they're friends and everything. Maybe that he'll be on, maybe that he'll do a little shout out on his new rap album. I saw he has coming out too. So. Oh, so bad. Which is, you know, you know how they, they say the best way to tell that people are friends is when they tell everybody that they're friends. (laughs) Yup. So. After Bell go, after I take Bell, Devontae Parker goes off the board, T.Y. Hilton, Dak, Stephon Diggs, uh, Darren Waller at the 5'11", uh, David Montgomery at the 5'12". A little bit higher than I would have expected considering he's had a little bit of an injury scare going on. But again, we are doing half-point PPR. He, That's even true. if he misses a week or two, is in for some 
for a serious amount of guaranteed work, so I can kind of understand that. Yeah, I uh, I would love I would love if he falls to like the sixth, seventh round. Like that's going to be a sweet spot if he really starts to in in home leagues and stuff like that, which he probably will, just because you know there is the injury scare right. right now. Um, Jarvis Landry, AJ Green, Kyler Murray, Michael Gallup, Raheem Mostert, which kind of sucks. I was hoping he might fall to me, and he goes two picks before me. Deshaun Watson. And I am back up on the clock uh, looking at the uh, the running backs available. So, so I'm let me turn down. Go ahead. What's up? Yeah, no, let me let me ask you. So we just saw kind of a little run on quarterbacks in between your two picks there. We had Dak, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson. Wilson went, I think, around earlier. Like, out of those four guys, I think they're in a tier on their own. Do you find yourself kind of targeting those guys in this sixth, seventh round period? You know what? I don't, and I think that that biased me here because, to be completely honest with you, seeing the running backs that were available and seeing the running backs that are available now and seeing the quarterbacks that went off the board, I feel like I may have – maybe not last one. I think Lev Bell would have been that last tier maybe. But – Regardless, yeah. I feel like I might not have been too far off to go with one of those quarterbacks there. Um, ideally, Kyler, I think. I think of those, he's the one I – it's weird to say trust with a second-year quarterback, but just because of the offense, yeah. I think that he has such an opportunity to have maybe Dak too. I have this weird thing where I just don't – there's no reason to not trust Dak, but for some reason I just – I can't do it. It's just because he's a um, cowboy. I, I think it's I think, be what it is. Yeah, no, I mean, I totally feel you. Because, like, I feel like all four of those guys have a pretty safe floor. I think Watson is probably the guy that I like targeting because I feel like he has the highest ceiling for whatever reason. I don't I, – I can't really justify it too much. Um, but I'm with you. I don't really target those guys too much, but I do find myself every now and again, and I don't hate how the roster ends up most of the time too. Right. Um. So since now I'm looking at Josh Allen and I'm going to go back to running backs for now. Uh, I'm looking at Cam Akers, Kareem Hunt, DeAndre Swift, Devin Singletary. Um, oh, that's a tough one. Antonio Gibson has shot up the boards after yesterday's news. Dude, are I, you going to do this? I don't think I can do it. I can't do it this early. Um, I am going to go Cam Akers. Uh, the guys that I'm looking at here, Kareem Hunt, DeAndre Swift, um, Devin Singletary. I think Kareem Hunt could have bigger weeks if Cam Akers stays with kind of what they've been doing just because of his passing down involvement. But I think the bigger chance of having a huge portion of the offense absent injuries um, is Cam Akers. I mean, he's already getting more reps with the ones and, and everything, with uh, especially with Daryl Henderson getting that um, – or Darrell or whatever the hell his name is, getting uh, injured. But, um, yeah, I, I think Cam Akers could have a huge year if, you know, if they use him in that girly – not girly S, they won't use him that much, but that sort of role. No, but it could be close. I mean, it, it, what, I mean, what part of Gurley? You know, Gurley esque when he was, you know, dealing with the tendonitis and only getting fourteen carries. And, <laughs> right. 14 true. Carries, you know what I mean? Like it could, yeah. it could be. And I think you know, with Henderson, like you said, being injured, Acres. If Acres shows out well, I mean, there's no reason why McVeigh would take him off the field. Um, right. I, I probably would have taken the same pick, although 
I keep getting drawn to DeAndre Swift lately because I just I, I, I don't want to trust a Detroit Lion, but I feel like he has so much talent and should be able to win that job over carry on. But he's also missed some practice lately. So I'm like, are you even going to get on the field much the first couple of weeks now? So now remind me, uh, carry on was not a Matt Patricia draft, correct? Or was he? I can't remember the timeline. He was either, it was either Patricia or it was the year literally just before Patricia. No, it, 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 it was, was it? Patricia. It was Patricia's first year. Cause yeah. Cause okay. they've both been there for two years now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cause it, yeah. I, I mean, I just, Oh my God, I have such a hard time trusting a, a Detroit Lions running back. Yeah. And, and I love carry on too. He I, like, I just love the way he plays. I wish he wasn't, so injury prone, obviously, but I think he's yeah. he's a really talented back. Um, but I think DeAndre Swift is might be the most talented running back, pure running back that excuse me that came out of this draft class. Maybe Jonathan Taylor. The dude's a freak, yeah. but yeah, he is. Um, all right, yeah, no, we're sitting at the tail end of the sixth round. I'm probably going wide receiver here, and honestly, I. I don't hate it. I'm, I, I mean, it's pretty easy for me. I'm going to take Marquise Brown. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to take the upside and um, just kind of keep flowing with this upside, safe, safe floor, then upside kind of picks for my receivers. Um, and that yeah. fills out – I mean, that gives me my three wide receivers. I don't love it. I, I don't think I've done a draft like this where I've got DJ Chark, uh, Keenan Allen, and Marquise Brown. So – that's not an awful wide receiver, though, base for, like, you know, the especially for half point. I mean, those guys could have some bomb games. You know, I mean, none of those guys are going to be, usually, are going to be 10 reception a week guys, but they're going to get long touchdowns. Yeah, right. I mean, Marquise and DJ Chark could win me a week out of there. I mean, and then having the three solid running backs, I don't hate this so far. And I think, honestly, too, I, I can kind of just – uh, pick my poison almost here. I don't think that's really what I mean to say, but like I can just pick the best player available. Like I've already got my flex filled out. I got my three running backs. I got three wide receivers. I'm not going to go quarterback and tight end at this point with the top six quarterbacks gone. I'm just waiting until the end and then tight ends, unless I hit my mid round guy, which I'm not going to go with in the seventh round. I'm, I'm going to wait on that too. So, uh, so if you don't, if you don't mind me, so is is Evan Ingram your mid route? Because it doesn't. I'm not going to take him. No. So no, no. it's not Evan Ingram. No. Okay. No. And and I'm. I like Evan Ingram. The talent. I'm just. It's going to be tough for him with Shepard, Tate, Slayton, Barkley, and Ingram. I just think like all those guys are going to hurt each other from a fantasy standpoint. It's great for football. Right. Um, right. But yeah, no. Um, it's 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 Hayden Hurst. Um, it's okay. definitely. I've got him as my number six tight end right now. Um, so yeah, he's, and if I miss out on him in the eighth, ninth, then I, I'm, I'm waiting until the end, like I said. Yeah, I, I, Evan Ingram is the only one in this area that intrigues me just from the strict talent perspective, but I cannot get myself to take him because of the injury stuff. Evan Ingram um, makes me think of the, uh, what's a, it's an older show. I cannot remember the name. I can't remember which one it is, it's not like it's not like I Love Lucy or or any of those ones, but it's somewhere in that like late seventies, early eighties era that I've seen before. It's like there's this one character. Every time he enters a enters like the house, he always trips over the same stool, 
Like every single time. I, I know exactly what show it is. Uh, I can't uh, remember which, which one it is, but I can picture like the scene. And I assume that that is what Evan Ingram goes through every single day. He just <laughs> walks into a room and he trips over to the same stool, breaks his knees, ankle, he hits his head off the coffee table because he's always concussion, concussed. But that's the, uh, that stu- the stool is the, uh, the ghost of Eli Manning as well. That's, right, that's right, the, exactly. The... Hospital balls, left, right, and center. Um, so God, so I'm, st- I'm stuck between, I'm pro I, I, I'm not, I'm not even looking at Kareem Hunt. Honestly, I, I don't think he should go this high. I, there's, there's plenty of other guys in his situation to back up running backs. I don't think he has guaranteed work in this Stefanski offense and stuff. So I'm not believing it there. I, the guys I'm deciding between are probably DeAndre Swift, Will Fuller, it's probably just between those two guys, like, and just going absolute boom here. Um, yeah. I'm probably going to go DeAndre Swift. I just talked about him. I love the talent. I'm I'm going to grab him and, and um, you know, and just kind of bank on a lottery ticket here. If, if Connor, who is injury prone, goes down, or if Aaron Jones, sorry, Greg, block your ears. If Aaron Jones does lose work to A.J. Dillon, I, I can get a guy in the second half of the year, hopefully in uh, Swift, that can kind of come in and, league winner so and um so just to run through the picks uh, so since I took Cam Akers Tyler Boyd went Devin Singletary Tyler Higby Marquise Hollywood Brown you took at the uh second to last pick in the sixth Julian Edelman Debo followed by you again uh DeAndre Swift Will Fuller Evan Ingram goes Hunter Henry goes so those tight ends are I wasn't reaching for them anyways but those mid-round guys are pretty much off the board and I am back up at the sixth pick in the seventh round, and I am going to go with uh, Antonio Gibson. Uh, at this point in the draft, my running backs are what they are, and that makes me think I gotta, I gotta find some possible, like you said, lottery tickets that I can hit on because uh, I don't like any of the guaranteed work of any of the people that are in that range. Yeah, man. I, honestly, as your team kind of keeps shaking out, I mean, it is what it is with Lev Bell. Um, you just got to hope that he gets the volume and Frank Gore doesn't eat into it. But it's not bad because you could just be kind of ballooned up by your pass-catching talent here with Michael Thomas, DJ Moore, A.J. Brown, and Travis Kelsey. I mean, you just got to hope and find for an RB2. And there are definitely some guys later in drafts that people are sleeping on that you can just kind of plug in, especially maybe not as much in a half PPR. Like PPR leagues, you can always kind of find the Chris Thompson or something like that. So, right. Uh, yeah, and I mean – But I, I don't hate it, man. I don't hate it. I feel like I'm in a situation where I'm going to have to hope that uh, whatever week one group of players does not do well, the other one boasters it. You know, I'm going to have to hope that on a, on a week where Michael Thomas doesn't have 30 points and DJ Moore only gets 15 and AJ Brown only gets 10 and Travis Kelsey only gets 10, then Antonio Gibson, Cam Akers, and or Lev Bell all, you know, I, I don't feel confident that my team is going to have an overall effort every week. I feel like it's either going to be one supporting the other, or I'm going to have a bad week where I'm just going to get like 
87 total points. <laughs> and then the next week I could have 240 points. You know, that's it's just like, that's the thing. And I think that's, that's the takeaway so far, at least with this style of strategy, it seems is, is you've really got to, you've got to rely on the, on the wide receivers. And then when your running backs do hit, you're just going to, you're going to boom that week, most likely. Uh, right. just from the safe floor that you kind of have with guys like Michael Thomas and DJ Moore, you should never see even in a half PPR score, less than 11, 10 points. Like, You'd think. Yeah. Right. Like, um, All right, so so, okay, hold on. Let's, let's, let's talk real quick on Antonio Gibson. This guy is flying yeah, up draft boards. Um, Adrian Peterson obviously just released yesterday. Um, this is a guy out of Memphis that, Barely even saw the ball in college, but is just otherworldly athletic. Honestly, I haven't watched a lot of tape on him yet, um, but it just going off of beat reporters and every other person in the world um, just clamoring for him. But Bryce Love, they drafted in the fourth round a year ago out of Stanford, was really talented, uh, kind of undersized guy, is still in Washington. And then they also, which I just saw this report yesterday too, um, and I'm losing respect for my dude, Ron Rivera, is he is touting Peyton Barber um, oh, as, no. as a guy but, that he likes to see, which doesn't surprise me, though, either, because Ron Rivera is an old school guy. Like, you know, I, 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 I'm afraid of it. So, um, yeah, what's, fair, your, what's your take? To be fair, every running back in the Ron Rivera stable has been an RB1 at some point this offseason, if you listen yeah. to him. So, yeah. The one thing that I do like, and I heard it on another podcast uh, yesterday, the day before, um, and it made me feel a little bit better about Antonio Gibson, is that he hasn't been – I mean, in college he did a lot of uh, – he did some kick returning too. Like he was a little bit more of a Swiss Army knife. But yeah. in the so far in camp, they've been using him as a running back. Mm -hmm. They haven't been playing any of this crap where they – oh, maybe he'll come out of the slot. We run him out of the slot. He's returning kicks. He does everything, which in fantasy translates to he does nothing. He does nothing. Um, he does, he's a, you know, he's a great, it's like the Devin Hester. It's a great football player. He helps the team. But when it comes to fantasy, you're not rostering Devin Hester. Yeah. Um, no. And, but when you hear that a team is using a running back as primarily a running back and not trying to put him in 50 different places, it makes me feel a little bit better about taking him as a possible starting back. Yeah, and, and here's where I'm at bottom line with, with Gibson. He's gotta he's gotta win the the passing down work, which I think yeah. he can competing against Bryce Love and Peyton Barber. Both of those guys mm -hmm. are kind of early down guys. So if Gibson can win that and get at 50, 60 catches, he's great. You know, you can put him in as a flex and a, a potential RB2. My issue is is the Washington football team, who's probably going to be right. one of the worst offenses in the NFL. If he was on the Saints, like he would be in the top three rounds right now with everything oh, going yeah. on. Like if this scenario was kind of playing out for him on a top offense, he he'd be a top three round pick, easy in draft. Right. So I mean, in, in the seventh round, it, it really could it, it it could boom for you and and find an RB two right there. And the way that your strategy is the way that the team is going this these are the types of guys you got to take a chance on so I don't I don't hate it all in all so let me ask you in the in the vein of what we were just talking about with it if he was on a different team I'll try to keep this kind of brief because we're still at the eighth round and we got to we got <laughs> left to go but um so in a situation where what we just talked about possibly if he was on a better offense blah blah blah, blah. 
Naeem Hines. It, would you have it? No, no, you're not as high. I was thinking, not now, but I'm thinking, like, would I have been better off taking a different player here, somebody more trusted, and then going Naeem Hines way later? Yeah, my thing with Hines is I just think, like, maybe he sees work in the beginning of the year, but I think Jonathan Taylor is talented enough to win uh, a good share of the passing down work. Hines will still see the field, but at the end of the day, like, past, I'll say, I'll just week six, past week six or whatever, as JT just kind of works his way into the offense, Hines yeah. might see the field 10 to 12 times a game, get three to four catches. Like, it's just not going to be valuable yeah. enough for you. You know, I, I – I, I like him, but and it and it fits with Rivers. Like I, I know I, I see that that connection, but I honestly think that it's gonna be tough for Frank Reich to take Jonathan Taylor off the field once he starts seeing him behind that super, super talented offensive line. Yeah. So as I look here, I'm back up on the clock. Uh John Brown, Sonia Michelle, Christian Kirk, and James White went above. I cannot believe that Sony Michelle went in the eighth round. I would not take him in the eighth round. That's asinine. That, yeah, I, I can't believe. I guess it's all the Damian Harris news, so that must be the only reason for it. But, ugh. And yeah. then I am going to – oh, this is so tough. Yep, yep, I am – no, damn it. Well, too bad. I'm taking two Jets, Jameson Crowder. Yuck. Granted, this is a half-point PPR, so I don't like him as much as I would for ours, but of the guys that I'm looking at between the wide receivers and the running backs, I just can't pass him up there with his, you know, being potential for what he could do, even in a half-point. Hey, I've, I've got him projected out, and, and like, I, you know how much time and effort I put into my projections. I've got him projected out with, like, 135 targets right now. I cannot stop giving him targets. Like, every – Adam Gase gave Jarvis Landry the best season of his career by giving him like 148 one year out of the slot. Yeah. Sam Darnold loves the slot. Like everything just adds up. Brashard Perryman is eh. And then Denzel yeah. Mims is like kind of banged up right now too. Like, no, dude, Jamison Crowder, I absolutely love here. All right. And you were up on the board. Drew Brees goes right after Crowder, Matt Ryan, Marlon Mack, and you are back up. And the guy that I talked about before, Hayden Hurst, did fall to me at the tail end of the eighth round. I wasn't even going to risk it to see if he fell to the ninth. Um, and I just locked in my tight end spot there. All right. And then Tom Brady goes to the next pick. San Fran, first defense off the board, round nine. A little bit yeah. early for my taste, but uh, each his own, I suppose. Um, so... <sighs> I'm at a little I'm at a little bit of a loss because the wide receivers here, there aren't any. Like I, I just there's <laughs> just <laughs> there's just not a lot. You know, I'm looking at like Sterling Shepard, but he's like fifteen picks down pretty much. And he's just yep. kind of a guy. Like nothing there's not gonna be any big weeks out of him. I I might just kind of stick the course here. I know I'm already sticking with four. I've, I've got four running backs already. I'm just going to keep going the course and, and kind of load up. And uh, I'm going to take uh, – I love Tariq Cohen, but I just don't think I would need him on this roster with uh, Saquon, Aaron Jones, and James Conner. Like, I think he's great if you're going kind of like what your roster is. You plug him in yep. week one as an, as an RB2, especially with David Montgomery down. 
Um, but I'm going to go someone that's kind of getting some buzz is Zach Moss. Um, mm -hmm. Devin Singletary has been getting reports. He's, you know, uh, having issues with fumbles. So, um, you know, we could see Zach Moss, who a lot of analysts, I don't really see it. They're comparing him to uh, Kareem Hunt. Um, but I'll, I'll take him here. I'll take the lottery ticket in the ninth round. So. Yeah, and I'm, I'm Zach Moss followed by Baltimore, Pittsburgh defenses respectively. The guy I was going to pick goes one round before me. I was going to plug my nose and take Jordan Howard because uh, somehow he always manages to have like a pretty decent starting back amount of carries and with my team being so boom and bust with Antonio Gibson and Cam Akers. Um, uh, I see, now you put I, me in the same predicament with Tariq Cohen and so I think – I think it's – if it's me, I think it's a slam dunk with Cohen, but that's that's just me on him. I like him. Uh, I guess I'm going uh, – I guess I'm just picking and paying who I think is going to have a huge week that week. I'm taking – I am going to take Tariq Cohen. I like it. I like it. I mean, Chicago still hasn't brought anybody in uh, with Montgomery down. I mean, like – Tariq Cohen could see like a Austin Eckler style situation to where he was in the beginning of the year last year with Melvin Gordon holding out, like just get a shit ton of carries, but yeah, or a shit ton of work. Um, Darius Geis goes just after that, which is a highly surprising <laughs> pick to me um, because I don't think he's going to be playing anywhere. Not this year for sure. Um, Darius Slayton, uh. Sterling Shepard. Buffalo, New Orleans, your man Jerry Judy goes off at the end of the ninth round. Rita, Anthony Miller, Philip Lindsay, Tavius Murray, who I don't think is a bad pick, especially in the tenth round, if yeah. uh, if these back issues are as severe enough to need an epidural, they're probably pretty uh, legit. So Yeah. Um, I almost said like he would have been the guy that I would have thought about in your, your last pick, but I would have probably still taken Cohen and hoped that he fell to this pick and would have been frustrated with the situation. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So, oh, I'm on the clock. I should probably pay paying attention to that. Um, all right. So, of the running backs, wide receivers. Okay, there's one guy I want who's a wide receiver here. I am going to hope that he falls to me. I'm going to take – Another guy that I think is going to get reps at the beginning of the year, especially we've talked about how good DeAndre Swift is, but I think with everything going on, I think Carryon Johnson is more likely to get the bulk of the work at the beginning of the year. So I'm going to take Carryon Johnson and hope that I can play him at the beginning of the year should I run into a situation where Cam Akers or Antonio Gibson are not just not getting the work and I need to buy some time until they do. I love it. I think that's a great pick. I mean, it gives you that opportunity now in that week one to not really even have to worry about your RB2. You can just, you got Lev Bell in your RB1 spot, and then you can decide between Cohen and uh, carry on now. You know, they, they both should get some work in that, in that first, first two weeks and then just figure it out from there. I mean, I think for me, the biggest thing is like not to worry about drafting for week 16, like draft for the right. first four to six weeks, pretty much. And then just kind of take it from there, especially in a lot of home leagues. I know for us, we trade probably way too much, but it's too the much. best part. But it's still, the best yeah. part. <laughs> 
Uh, oof. I'm, what are we in? Round 10 now? Yep. So I'm going to get two picks here. I still don't have a quarterback. Probably still waiting. Um, probably need to go wide receiver, actually. I only have uh, DJ Shark, uh, Keenan Allen, and Marquise Brown still uh, as my wide receivers, which I don't hate, but I should probably get some depth here. That might help. Uh, I'm going to go uh, – man, Preston Williams is – yeah, I'm going to go Preston Williams here. Um, he played well last year. Um, was pretty much tied with Devontae Parker through the first, like, seven weeks until he got injured. Um, so I think he can come in, score some touchdowns, get some targets, play around with a little Fitz, Fitz magic, have some fun. So. Okay, so let me ask you a question. So you're back up. Another, so wide receivers we're looking at here. Now, one that is intriguing to me, and if I were in your position, I would personally take just, just um, mainly based on what we were just talking about the first four to six weeks. Um, where are you at on Deshaun Jackson right here? It's, it's, it's exactly who I'm staring at. So it's, it's probably either uh, D-Jax, uh, who's, you know, walking in as the WR1. Jeffrey should go on the pup. If he doesn't, he's probably out still for the first four weeks um, anyway. Um, or I love Alan Lazard this year. I just I, – I, I can't st- – I've got him at about 100 projections. I see him as a solid, like, WR4 slash 5 that, you know, you can plug in in good matchups. And then if anything, which has happened to Devontae Adams – I mean, the guy could see 10 to 12 targets some weeks. Like, that's that's what I'm kind of looking at with him. I probably get more boom weeks out of DJX, so I'm going to I'm gonna pull the trigger on him this uh, this time because I, I might need someone earlier in the season. So I'll, I'll, I'm going to go uh, Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. All right. <laughs> who were you right. – uh, who, who fell? Nicole Hardman. Oh, he was no. right at the top of that list. I wanted him. I want as many shares of McCall Hardman as I can get this year. I don't know why I'm so high on him. Well, I know why I'm so high on him. He's yeah. a physical freak. Right. And he just absolutely – every time he catches the ball, he has a chance to go to the house twice. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, so I am easily taking McCall Hardman here in the 11th round. Give me that. I mean, same argument that I just made for Alan Lazard. I mean, same thing. If anything happens to Tyree Kill, I mean, goodness gracious, watch out for Hardman there. So, and I am, I will. I don't think I'm going to do it, but I so badly. It like popped up my the number one wide receiver at the top of like the list here is Alan Lazard, and I so badly just because you were just talking about it, want to be like, <laughs> but. I mean, if he, I mean, if he's, I, I actually, you know what I should probably start looking at is, uh, you know, one of those, holy shit, all right, and I will take, because somehow, I looked maybe five rounds ago at the quarterbacks and saw Carson Wentz there and thought, well, Carson Wentz is uh, falling pretty far, it's a pretty good value, but I'm not going to go with the quarterback here, but Carson Wentz is still on the board in round 12. Yeah. Granted, I don't know who the hell he's going to throw the ball to, but we say this every year and somehow that offense still finds a way. So, Tight ends and running backs, baby. That's all he needs. <laughs> yep. And I correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't ever remember Carson Wentz having an issue with fumbles or interceptions. He just 
he has a hard time staying healthy over the last couple of years, but he seems to be like he throws the ball well when he's he's. So I'm uh, I'm going to take Carson Wentz. I'm going to be okay with him being my my QB one. Yeah, no, I've done, I I was doing the same thing in the last three rounds. I'm like, ooh, Carson Wentz, eh, I'll wait another round. Ooh, Carson Wentz, nah, I'll wait another round. Like you know, it's just because right. again, there's still like three four guys that I'm okay as my quarterback one here. Um, I'm sorry, I mean, the when it reset. <laughs> I don't know if you heard us talking about the Daniel Jones picture. It, oh, I did. That's so now, so Daniel Jones popped up on the screen, and it's the funniest fucking picture I have ever seen. He looks like he's looking at someone's dog, and he doesn't know what type of dog it is. I love yeah. that. <laughs> Shout out to Jake. That was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, not going to take Daniel Jones here. 12th round. How, how many rounds are we doing? 15 here? 15. Uh, okay. Yeah, we have three more picks. Well, I have three more picks. I think yep, yep. you have so four. Yep. I've got four. I've got to do a defense. So I've technically only got three. All right. I'm going to, I'm, I'm just going to do it now. Um, I, I'm totally comfortable this being my QB one for the season. If it ends out and I know you're going to absolutely love this pick gray. Uh, Mr. Cam Newton. I am all on board this. Um, I mean, I, first off, it, I just think you got to find a quarterback that can run the football three, 400 yards in, in a couple touchdowns just is such a difference maker at the, at the position. I, I just, I, I don't take Drew Brees, Big Ben, Stafford, Rogers a little bit here and there. Cause he can still get up into the maybe 100, 200 yard range. But like, yeah. I just don't take those guys that aren't going to get the rushing yards or anything like that. So. All right, you're up again. Yeah, I probably, nah, I mean, I can go anywhere with this. Uh, I was going to say I probably need a wide receiver just to kind of help that out. I'm going to get another tight end this time around, and I'm going to go with my sleeper pick um, at the tight end position. I probably shouldn't be giving these out with all of uh, our, our draft uh, tomorrow, but this is for the pod, so. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm going to go uh, Blake Jarwin, um, where yeah. I talked about uh, opportunity and targets. I think he, he should see it in that, that Dallas offense. Dallas is probably a top three, top five at worst offense this year. So, Yeah, and I, I, I think that uh, you are okay giving that because here is already kind of a little bit of a sleeper pick for me. I don't know that I'm going to go with him. But yeah. um, so then my nice, another one dropped to me that I wanted or, you know, like, was hoping would. So I am going to take Mr. Chris Thompson here. I cannot – kind of can't believe that he's still being picked in the 13th round. Um, is it within the range of outcomes that he still ends up as the 13th? Absolutely. But I'm kind of surprised that with what's going on that he hasn't, like, that more people aren't assuming he's going to rise, I guess. No, I agree with you. All right. And then uh, Hawkinson, let's see. Hawkinson, Alshon Jeffrey, Michael Pittman, uh, Jonas Smith, Carlos Hyde, and I am back up after New England's defense. And I am going to take a flyer on now the wide receiver two in the Patriots offense, Nikhil Harry. Nice. Yeah, I think the release of Sanu uh, only helps him, obviously. I mean, different positions. Sanu was probably going to run out of the slot a little bit. But after that, I, 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 I got 
I think Harry up to maybe about like 90, 95 targets on the year. So, I mean, he definitely yep. can bump into like a WR3, you know, for your team. Yep. I mean, he's, his touchdown potential is pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. And Cam typically does love, you know, the outside receiver um, for jump balls and stuff, it seems. So, yeah. Um, and, and, and honestly, too, 14th round, I know a lot of people that are listening, you know, all 30 of you, um, it, you know, <laughs> you're probably in keeper leagues as well. So taking a guy like that, I mean, could could be could pay off even more for you next year so. Um, all right, I'm going to go with my, again, I'm, I'm, I'm giving out probably way more than I should, but again, hashtag for the pod. Um, I'm going to go with my favorite running back at the tail end of drafts right now. I, I keep um, just talking about him more and more. Uh, Jarek McKinnon for San Francisco. Um, I, I honestly, I put out a post the other day that I think he could finish as the top running back for the Niners, and I, I truly believe it. Um, I mean, he's he should see the majority of the passing down work, and if he you know, catches fire um, between the tackles. I mean, it, Kyle Shanahan runs probably the best offense, or at least my favorite one to watch in the NFL. So if he can catch on, stay healthy. I mean, the guy's an athletic freak. I mean, just like his spark score was compared to like Calvin Johnson. Like, it's just absolutely stupid. Um, Gray, you'll probably appreciate this. I, I had to look back at his combine numbers. He threw up. Yeah. 32 on the bench press at 225. Yeah. yeah. That's stupid. That is stupid. Yes. Uh, but as I've said, I, there's a reason running backs don't throw up that many because they should be getting more on the squat rack and pulling from the floor. And I don't think it's this, I don't think it's a, uh, a shocker that he put up 32 bench presses at 225, but his lower body keeps getting injured. I'm just saying. <laughs> Like, that's, yeah, that is impressive. That's probably I'm fair. not taking anything away from that. I'm just saying that at the position, he probably should have gotten under the bar a little bit more. You, 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 you right here. I, I have nothing <laughs> to argue that. <laughs> um, uh, so last pick of the draft here, uh, I'm, I'm going to go another one of my favorites uh, to back up Cam Newton. I, as much as I love Cam, I don't want to have to fully rely on him for the full year. If he is a guy that runs, you might want to rely on him back of quarterback and honestly too i've been hearing a lot of analysts um talk about this year more than ever taking two quarterbacks in the situation of if something happens sunday morning covid related you don't got to go to the waiver wire you can just pick or pick a guy from your uh from your bench or whatever so uh i'm gonna go gardner Minshew. it has nothing to do with the fabulous mustache it has everything to do with his football ability uh and i i i kind of see a little bit of russell wilson in him uh to be completely fair I'm uh, not calling him Russell Wilson, but a lot of similarities. Uh, guy ran for 350 yards last year, can put up 400 yards on the ground, couple touchdowns. Like, it's just such a difference maker at that position. So, yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. Uh, and then I'm going to round out my draft and fill up my team, taking the Los Angeles Rams defense. Now, no, Armin, defense. So hold on. I actually I caught that you weren't going to take a defense, but because I. Wow. All right. Hold on. I'm going to jump back to that in a second. Um, <laughs> de- uh, not taking defense. There we go. Yeah. Um, you didn't – I kind of caught that you – I was like, okay, I don't have a defense. I don't remember him taking defense, so he must still need a defense. But if you're in a league where you don't have to – like where there isn't some rule saying that you have to fill out your roster, I do not hate not taking a defense at all giving yourself the shot 
for that. I mean, it's going to be a little bit different this week or this time around because these these um, these drafts are going to be so close to the regular season. Yeah. But for those of you that draft a little bit earlier in the off season when things are under normal circumstances, I tend to end up streaming the defenses anyways quite often. So I don't hate not even taking a defense, giving yourself a shot on another player and see if something pans out. And then if something doesn't pan out, you just drop them to start a defense. I yeah. I don't hate that strategy at all. And I actually like it more so than a lot of other ones. So Yeah, no, I, I, I as soon as I actually said it, I was like, this is actually what I'll probably do tomorrow in a real draft. Um, yeah. One thing I did hear, so like the same thing that you said, you know, some leagues where you the rosters don't lock you know, Sunday morning or whatever. Um, and they, they just lock at the start of the game time for that, for that said player. Right. Um, one analyst said, and I might try it out. I, I it's, it, I don't know. It's kind of a little cheap in my eyes, but I'm, I don't know. I might try it out. It's, it's kind of like that baseball unwritten rule thing is to not draft a defense and then actually not even pick up a defense until like three thirty, like right before the four o'clock games and pick up one of those like six or eight defenses that are available or whatever. Um, to, to see if like you get like, okay, so let's say I, you know, I drafted Jarek McKinnon. What if he's playing at like one o'clock and he explodes? Like, I'm not going to drop him now. I might drop like DJ Axe or Gardner Minshew. It's, so it's like giving yourself that little opportunity for the one o'clock games to see if you're like late round, you know, dart throw explodes yeah. or you kind of just see what happens. Cause, cause week one is a crapshoot Sometimes you have no idea how. Right how snap share is going to work out for a wide receiver or for a team or, you know, a, a running back by committee backfield. So I don't know. I probably wouldn't wait that long because I'd probably forget, honestly, uh, to right. be completely honest. And then I'm without a defense, but I, right. I'm with you. I probably won't draft a defense or at least I wouldn't if, you know, in, in leagues as well too with kickers, I probably would draft a defense, but not draft a kicker and then just pick one up right. in the morning or something. So yeah. All right, so let's uh, uh, let's run through our teams. I'm gonna I'll go through mine first. So yep. my starting lineup, starting at quarterback: Carson Wentz, running backs: uh, Le'Veon Bell, Cam Akers, wide receivers: Michael Thomas, DJ Moore, AJ Brown, tight end: Travis Kelsey. My flex play right now is Antonio Gibson. That would probably be who I'd start in the flex, anyways, um, depending on the week. Los Angeles Rams is uh, defense. My bench: Jamison Crowder, Tariq Cohen. Carryon Johnson, Chris Thompson, McCole Hardman, and Nikhil Harry. How about you? Yeah. I, so would you really? So like week one, if you if this is your team, you've just drafted it. Actually, week one, would you really put Gibson in the flex? Like take that. No, shot? you're right. Yeah. You're right. I probably wouldn't. I'd probably start Carry. I'd probably either put Carryon or Chris Thompson in the flex that week one, probably. Yeah. Okay. Depending uh, on, I don't know the matchups off the top of my head. Like I, I guess if if Tariq or somebody like that was playing like a a really shitty defense, maybe, but. Uh, yeah, no, that's, that's, yeah, that's fair. Uh, so I, I, uh, I finished out with Cam at quarterback, um, Barkley, who I took at number two, Aaron Jones. Um, I have James Connor in my flex with the top three wide, uh, running backs there at my wide receiver position. Uh, I've got DJ Chark, Keenan Allen and Marquise Brown, uh, tight end went with my guy in the middle rounds of Hayden Hurst. Uh, bench is DeAndre Swift, Zach Moss, and Jarek McKinnon for running backs. I've got Preston Williams and DJX at wide receiver. Blake Jarwin as backup tight end. And Gardner Minshew to backup Cam. I I like it, honestly. I, I, I like the the heavy running back situation. I mean, Saquon, Aaron Jones, and James Conner. Honestly, I, I, I like James Conner better than Aaron Jones. Um, 
it's a little lacking at the wide receiver position, but in a half point, I mean, that's not the worst thing. So, right. What did you, what did it give you for a score? I got an A minus. I got a 90 out of a hundred. Okay. That's why I laughed because it gave me an A plus and 97 out of a hundred. And I do not, yeah, I do not feel that confident Holy in shit. this team. That's why I laughed because I was like, I do not feel this confident in this team. But that was like, when I saw that reaction, I was like, you either got like a D or like I an almost A+. wish I did get a D. But wow. Yeah. I, but I do not feel as confident. I guess it's just because of the running backs. There's too much. I mean, don't get me wrong. If Cam Akers and Antonio Gibson have a good that that I mean that's an, that's a winning team. No, yeah, doubt. But I it's mean, just right. It's just there's too many range of outcomes there for me personally. I mean, but. so give me what did you go for the first four rounds? Just one more time, real quick. So first four rounds: Michael Thomas, DJ Moore, Travis Kelsey, and AJ Brown. Those were my first four. Yeah, I mean that's that's really what's propping that up. And again, if you hit on the running backs, I mean that is a league winning team. That's a, and that's yeah, and that's that kind of like taking that chance. It seems like I feel right. like the way I went is definitely a little safer. Um, yeah, you just lock down the running backs, like yeah. But all right, man. So I think let's call it there. So just remember, I got a ninety-seven out of a hundred. Whether or not I agree with that score, even man. personally. You know, it's good when you're, like, even worried about your your own team. Um, but anyways, <laughs> all right, Armin, so I will see you. You know what? I will see you tomorrow, buddy, for our personal draft. draft uh, and for the rest of you, we will talk to you next week. All right? Unruly Gents out. Later, man. Adios.